Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! P-E-P-Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman! Professor Sturgeon's whereabouts still unknown to Superman and his anxious friends, Horatio Horn hits upon a new means of tracing his wily abductors. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, the Kellogg Company sure did hit on something swell when they dreamed up this week's pet dish of the week. It's so cool and refreshing for this time of the year, and it gives Pep a grand chance to show what it can do for fresh fruit. What's the dish? Why, it's called Blackberry Breeze, and here's how it goes. You pour your regular serving of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, in your breakfast bowl. Then on top, scatter some juicy blackberries that have been chilled in a little sugar. Add cool milk, and you have a Blackberry Breeze. Try it, gang. See how Pep does things for those sugar-crusted berries. See how Pep's sparkling sunshine flavor seems to rise and shine. And see how crisp those whole wheat flakes are. How tender and delicate and light. Believe me, gang, Kellogg's Pep always makes the sort of treat you want to keep right after until you've finished off every bit in your bowl, which is an especially good thing nowadays when we're sending the cereal grains to fellows and girls all over the world. It just wouldn't do to waste cereal. No, sir. So, gang, when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, keep this in mind. If you pour your own Pep, pour it carefully and always make sure to eat all your Pep. Don't waste it. Now, the adventures of Superman. While police and federal men throughout the nation search desperately for Professor Alonzo Sturgeon, leading atom bomb expert, who has been abducted by agents of an unknown foreign power, two Americans, the pilot and co-pilot of a small charter airline, know where the professor is. But the pilots rescued from a plane crash at sea by Superman lie critically injured in a New Orleans hospital, unable to reveal any information. Meanwhile, Lois Lane and Horatio F. Horn, the little amateur detective, had another encounter with Captain Carlos, one of the foreign abductors in New Orleans. But Carlos, after an attempt on their lives, got away. As we continue now, Lois and Horn have come to the hospital where Superman and his guise of Clark Kent waits in the hope that at least one of the injured pilots will regain consciousness. As we join them now, Kent is explaining their position. Listen. It might be a long time before the pilots can give us any information. But we can't wait a long time. We well, certainly can't. Why, I, by Gulliver, Carlos's people may already have forced Professor Sturgeon to tell them the secret of the atom bomb. Exactly, and that puts it squarely up to you two. Up to us? What do you mean, Carlos? Just this, Lois. You and Mr. Horn have had two contacts with Carlos. Yes, but we've now, been unable... There must be something about him. His, his speech, his manners, his clothes... Something distinctive that'll give us a clue to his country. I see what you mean. Great grasshoppers. I, I just remembered something. You did? What? 
Zaluto. What? What's that? He said Zaluto. Who did? Carlos. Don't you remember, Miss Lane? Tonight in the woods, when Carlos and that big bruiser, his, his chauffeur, were hunting for us, Carlos called him Zaluto. Oh, yes. So what? Now, I know Zaluto is not a Spanish word. Probably his name. It wasn't. His name was... Uh, uh, Carlo. Right, right. Carlos was insulting him for letting us get away. He called him a fool, an idiot. And a Zaluto, I remember now. It must be a word of his language. So if we can trace that, Carlos... Yes. We may have something, Lois. Do you really think we have? I'm sure we have. Oh, Mr. Horn, you may be a screwball, but you're wonderful. Oh, thank you, Miss Lane. All right, now let's get going. We get hold of all the foreign language dictionaries and hunt through them for the word Zaluto. Excellent idea, by Gulliver. Wait a minute. Uh, Where are we going to find foreign language dictionaries at this hour? It's a quarter to six in the morning. So what? Have you forgotten you're a newspaper woman, Lois? We'll go see Charlie Sims at the New Orleans Times. He'll let us into the library. Come on. I've gone through all the dictionaries of the Balkan countries, Clark. They've got a lot of tongue twisters in their languages, but no saluto. Ditto for the Middle Europeans, the Scandinavians, and the Russians. Yes, and for the Central and South Americans in the Far East. Well... How does that leave on the shelf, Lois? Well, let's see. Oh, not much. I think we've covered all the possibilities, Clark. Oh, golly. Looks like we're sunk. Yes, it certainly does. Yes, indeed, it certainly Wait a minute. Maybe we're not sunk yet. Hmm? What, Clark? Zaluto may be idiomatic. That is, a word of dialect. Huh? Oh, I... You know, it may be a word in pretty general use in the country, but not accepted as a standard part of the language. Like, uh, uh... Well, take that word Jimmy always says. Gleeps. Gleeps, yeah, yes. or, or groovy or dreamboat. A lot of our youngsters use those words all the time, but you won't find them in our dictionary. You mean slang. That's right. Hi, Gulliver, I see what you're driving at, Mr. Kent. Well, but that only makes things tougher, Clark. We don't know what country call this comes from, so how are we going to trace a word of slang or a dialect? Well, a philologist may be able to help us. Uh, what? That's an expert on language. Oh, 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 yes, yes, of course. Good idea, Clark. I move we take a taxi to the university. We're sure to find a language expert there. Check, Lois. Come on, Mr. Horn. That's right, Dr. Jonas. We, we can't be sure of the spelling, of course, but as Mr. Horn and Miss Lane repeated the pronunciation, it might be spelled Z-A-L-U-T-O. Yes, that's it, I'm sure. Zaluto. Mm-hmm. Does it hmm. sound at all familiar to you, Doctor? I can't say it does, Mr. Ken. Oh, dear. Of course, my specialty is the Romance languages. However, I have quite an extensive library on philology, including some excellent works on little-known dialects. Oh, fine. Can we help you go through your books, Doctor? Well, yes, yes, perhaps you can. Here is a work by Hausmann on the little-known dialects of southern France and Italy. You might go through that, Miss Lane. All right, I will. And here is a book that you might read, Mr. Ken. Okay, thank you. Yes, and uh, one for you, Mr. Horn. Very well, sir. Now, let's all go to work. Eagerly, Kent, Lois, and Horatio Horn set to work with Dr. Jonas in an attempt to trace the elusive word which they hope will lead them to the abductors of Professor Sturgeon. Meanwhile, in the little country of Bolomar, a land of lush green fields, mines, and many villages strung together by a single railroad and surrounded by tall, rugged mountain ranges, General Maron of the Political Police Bureau speaks with the Rex, the dictator of Bolomar, in the elaborate palace of the capital city once occupied by Bolomar's king. Rex is of a middle height, strongly built, with a beaked nose, a cruel mouth, and piercing black eyes under shaggy brows. He wears a sky-blue military uniform similar to Maron, the cap heavy with gold braid and lace. On his chest is the great diamond star of Bolomar. 
Say to me, General Maron, Professor Sturgeon refuses to tell our scientists the secret of the American atom bomb? See, we have done everything possible to make him talk, Excellency, but... But what? You could not have done everything. We have means in our dungeons to make any man talk, be he made of steel. But you forget, Excellency. Professor Sturgeon is not a young man. Certain uh, travails which a younger man might live through would certainly kill him. It is not true. The rack and the whip and the seawater are not the only ways. There are subtler means of torture to loosen a man's tongue. Where is the German Van Heller who was at the Gestapo? He knows such ways. Van Heller has already tried, Excellency. But even he has been successful. The Yankee scientist has a strong mind. He understands that we plan to attack the United States as soon as we have the secret of the atom bomb. He says he will die before he becomes a traitor to his country. The stubborn fool, the Zaluto. He shall die truly enough and with great pain, but not before he tells us what we wish to know. I will personally make him reveal those secrets. You, Excellency. Yes, I. Do you think one Yankee can cheat me of my great opportunity and my destiny? To rule not this one small insignificant country, but the whole world? It was fated that I and Bolimar should rise to those heights. Else, why would there be a great uranium deposit in our land for the German scientists to discover for us? All this is true, Excellency. But how do you propose to get the atom bomb secrets? I tell you, the Yankee scientist does not fear death or pain. Listen carefully, General. Neither he nor anyone else can withstand the Ebex drug. Ebex drug? It will melt the heart and the soul and the will of the strongest man so that he cannot resist answering whatever is asked him. But it melts his bones also and his vital organs. We experimented with it on the political prisoners, as you remember, and all of them died before they could speak. My physicians and chemists have made further experiments with the general. They think now they have found a means of preserving life. They think, but you cannot be sure. Better that we continue our present methods. We may be able to break the professor's strong will in time. In time? Did I not explain that we have very little time? All America seeks for him. Soon the police of all the United Nations will be seeking for him. We must work with utmost speed and secrecy. Call my physician. We go to work on the Professor Sturgeon at once. We'll return in a moment for the tense climax of today's episode. So stand by. You know, you fellows and girls are just as active in the summertime, use up just as much energy as any other time of the year. So a hearty breakfast is just as important to help start your day in high. And that gang is where Kellogg's Pep comes in. Sure, because Pep is such a slick dish so crisp and, and delicate and full-flavored that, well, it wakes up your appetite so that you'll want to eat hearty. Not to mention all the solid whole wheat nourishment in this grand cereal and more. Yes, sir, breakfast sure gets the glad eye when Kellogg's Pep heads the menu. Why, Pep is called the sunshine cereal. It's all sunny and golden looking and loaded with nifty sunshine flavor, a come-on sort of flavor that keeps your spoon coming right back until you've polished off every last bit in your bowl. You know, nobody ever wants to waste Kellogg's Pep. But nowadays, when we're sending the cereal grains, fellows and girls overseas, it's especially important. Remember that when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. If you pour your own Pep, pour it carefully and eat up every bit you pour out. Pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. Get the right habit, gang. Eat all your Pep. Don't waste it. On a cot in a dungeon room of the Bolomar Palace, Professor Alonzo Sturgeon lies in a deep, drugged sleep. His gray hair is disarrayed. His thin, intelligent face is bruised and welted. In a chair, his piercing eyes fixed on the sleeping man's face, sits Rex, dictator of Volomar. Beside him stands General Maron. Three physicians hover above the cot, testing the professor's breathing, his heart, his pulse. In two other chairs, holding pads and fountain pens like stenographers, 
that Bolomar's foremost scientist, and Dr. Blomberg, Germany's leading expert of nuclear fission until the Allied victory. Leading, labored, but not dangerously so. In a moment, he should attain a state of semi-consciousness in which he may be questioned, Excellency. Good. It's best that he hears only one voice. That will be my voice. My voice and my will shall make him tell us what we wish to know. But you are not a scientist, Excellency. Alfredo and Dr. Blumberg shall write on their pads the questions they wish answered. You understand, Senores? Yes, sir. Very then. Wait. His pulse quickens. His eyelids flutter. His eyes open. But he does not appear awake. Correct. He is in a state of semi-consciousness. But his mind is clear. Speak to him, Excellency. Ask him what you wish to know, and he will answer truthfully. Tensely, all the conspirators in the dungeon room lean forward as the cruel-faced dictator prepares to ask vital questions of the American scientist who lies helplessly unconscious under the influence of a powerful and deadly drug. What will happen? Will Professor Sturgeon reveal the secrets of the atom bomb so that Rex can proceed with his evil plans to shatter world peace? Before even Superman can stop him? And what of Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Horatio Horn in New Orleans, desperately pursuing the one thin clue which might lead Superman to Bolomar? Will their efforts be successful before it is too late? Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills and excitement, gang. So don't miss it, whatever you do. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement... The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Say, gang, talk about famous names. Why, Kellogg is the greatest name in cereals. And Kellogg makes Kellogg shredded wheat. Crisp, tender biscuits that are full up with natural nut-sweet flavor. Toasted the Kellogg way just right. Mighty good for breakfast and mighty good for you. They're whole wheat. And Mom knows Kellogg shredded wheat is economical, too. You get 15. 15 biscuits in every package. They're made to fit the bowl. Ask Mom to get you some Kellogg shredded wheat. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.